Welcome to the Thrive Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our special guest speaker. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit thrivevineyard.com. We've been in a series at our church on Create in Me a Clean Heart, O God. And uh, so the, the title of this message is called Full Attention. And I want to talk specifically about abiding in the vine out of John 15, 5. But there's a great, uh, I don't know, are we in a position to play the video? Yeah, we have a great, like it's just a four-minute overview teaching uh, with all this artwork and stuff that I couldn't duplicate on my own. So we're going to play that video now if we're able to, and let that be our introduction to the text. Today we're going to be looking at the vine. This is an image, a central image that Jesus uses in John 15. I really think it's the heart of the whole gospel. And so um, the first thing I want to do is uh, I'm going to draw a picture of a hand. This picture represents God the Father, because really the vine is all about the Father, because Jesus said the Father is the vine dresser, and so we're going to put inside of the Father's fingers a seed, and the Father plants this seed, which is the kingdom of God, into the soil. And then the sun comes out, and, and the rain gives the energy, and this vine grows, and then the Father sets guide wires up. You know, the Father is working all along the way to help this vine grow. Eventually the vine grows and the sun comes and the rain comes and blossoms come and the fruit is born on the vine. Sometimes the Father has to prune and take off some branches. But here we have this picture of growth and vitality. And what we really have going on here in John 15 is this picture of the Trinity. We have the Father and we have the Son, Jesus, who is the vine, which is really this picture of Israel. It's a carryover from the Old Testament. But then we have the Spirit everywhere. The Spirit is the sun. The Spirit is the rain. As the rain falls down onto the vine, giving life and water and baptism, if you will, the Spirit soaks down into the roots, and the Spirit then becomes the actual sap that grows up through the vine and out through the branches and to the clusters of fruit. And really what this is about is how disciples make fruit of the Spirit. And the, the, the sap comes out into the fruit, and it's really God's love. That's the purpose of the whole vine. It's really about making wine, the wine of God's love. Because what God the Father wants to do is He wants the whole world to know about God's love. And so we see we have the world over here that is looking at the vine. And the overflow of the vine is God's love making the world happy with the love of God. That is the whole purpose, and that's the beauty of this. And so this is the overflow of the vine into the world, and that's the point of discipleship. So let's look at this thing about being a disciple. What? How do we do this? How do we be in the vine? A lot of times we think that it's our job to produce the fruit of the Spirit, but that's not it at all. Our job is to focus on being connected to the sun, to the vine. Our relationship with Jesus is what it's all about. Because all of throughout John 15, Jesus says uh, two key words. He says, remain 
in me and I will remain in you. Abide in me and I will abide in you. And all throughout John 15, uh, John 13 through 17, we have this indwelling of God. What the Greek word is the perichoresis. We have the Father indwelling the Son. We have the Father and the Spirit indwelling one another and the Spirit indwelling the Son and the Spirit which is flowing through all of it and the Son indwelling and abiding in the disciples which is the overflow of God's love as we indwell the world and the Spirit indwells the world and it's all flowing together. It's interconnected. It's what we call perichoretic power. It is the power of God's love in communion with the world. Amen. Good job, media and sound team. Man, there's nothing. I love everything about this church. This is great. <laughs> the, uh, so during biblical times, uh, grapes and vines were a, an enormous issue. The vineyard produced one of the most important commodities, which was grape. Grapes, the sugar from the grapes was used to uh, put into other foods um, and the, uh, it was also, you know, pressed out for wine. And then after harvesting, the instructions were to not harvest the edges of the field because those were to be remain for the poor who would be able to come and survive sojourners, orphans, and widows. So Jesus took this super important illustration of the vine and he said this. He said, John 15, 5, I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do, what's that last word? Nothing, nothing. So I just want to highlight a couple keys to abiding here. The first one is realizing that all of our supply is from the Lord Jesus. And as the branch is dependent upon the vine for everything, so we are dependent upon Jesus for everything. Second Peter 1 says, His divine power has granted to us all things. How many things? All things pertaining to life and godliness. So if I need more godliness in my life, where am I going to get it? Am I going to get it from trying harder in my own strength? Or am I going to get it from abiding in the vine? Right? I'm going to get it from abiding. If I need wisdom for decisions in the natural life, where am I going to get it? It may help to watch a couple YouTube videos. But the real wisdom is going to come from abiding in the vine. Now, what depths of worship this can work into our hearts and what depths of humility. Consider this. Once you begin to think right about who Jesus is, 
He is the vine of God that supplies everything that the branch needs. Then I realize, hey, I have everything that I need in Christ. There was a, a brother, Brother Lawrence, he wrote a famous book, Practicing the Presence of God. And one day he was, uh, he happened to fall into sin one particular day. And he told the Lord, he said, hey, Lord, you see that sin I just committed? And uh, the Lord says, yeah. And he says, that's what happens when I take my eyes off of you. And then he just, whoop put his eyes back on Jesus because he knew that his life was coming from the vine. So the magnificence of God, the worship of God is that he is the source and the measure and the potential of everything abiding involves. You know, our, what's, what's our potential in abiding? What's the potential of God? Nothing is impossible with God. The second point is, realize that our complete dependence is on the vine. Apart from him, we can do nothing. So as the branch can produce nothing unless it is connected to the vine, so we can produce nothing Unless we are connected to him. We saw, um, you know, in Texas, our uh, fellow citizens a month or so ago uh, got disconnected from their water and disconnected from electrical in some of the areas. And we realize in the natural how desperate we are for those vital resources. You know, we can only last so long without food, even less time without water, and even less time without air. But Jesus is saying that he is our water. He is our power source. He is our air. He is everything that we need. The third point here in connecting to the fine is we really have to realize the seriousness of this commandment. Jesus is giving this teaching. He's only got a few days before uh, the cross and a few days before uh, his burial and resurrection. And he's wanting to get the most vital truths across to the disciples. So he says, realize the seriousness of this command. Abide in me and I in you. And also the excitement of this promise that as I do that, you will bear much fruit. And, you know, our fruitlessness and our fruitless efforts, they don't have to be the end of the story. Uh, and then the fourth point here in connecting to the vine is that we're participating in the simplicity of a shared life. And so our instructions are very clear. Just stay connected. I remember I was training in one industry and they used, they taught us the KISS principle. 
Have you guys ever heard that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Jesus has given us the kiss principle here. Keep it simple. The last one isn't that encouraging. It's, you know, stupid. But uh, all our wisdom is in Christ as we're connected to him. So that's the joy. That's the, the principle here is just stay connected. You know, it's like Jesus said this. He said, hey, you are the sheep. I am the shepherd. Has anyone ever, I don't know if we have a veterinarian here, but has anyone done any research on how sheep rank as far as smartness among the animals? You know, they're, they're pretty dumb. Yeah, they're not the, they're not the, they're not the dolphins, you know, the, or the, <laughs> the, uh, you know, the, uh, monkeys that are using sign language and stuff like that. No, they're, it's like, hey, you're the sheep, I'm the shepherd. Listen to my voice. Follow. I'll lead you beside still waters. I'll restore your soul. I'll make a table for you in the presence of your enemies. You just stay connected. You just follow me. We, um, I had a vacation a few years ago and somehow I had gotten it into my head that I needed not only a rest from ministry, but maybe I needed like a rest from the Lord. Now don't ask me how a crazy thought like that gets into a pastor's head. Uh, but hey, we all get crazy thoughts. You know, the enemy wants to derail. Uh, and so I still, you know, I still did my quiet time. I was still going through the motions. But I found that during the vacation, I wasn't going to God like we were going to the Lord in worship today. And I found this interesting drift in my heart. And I'm, I'm kind of a snacker, grazer type eater. I don't know if there's any, uh, any out there. So it's not unusual for me to open the refrigerator. Uh, it's kind of embarrassing to say, you know, 10 times a day. But as I shifted from the Lord, I found that this desire for food increased. And now I'm going to the refrigerator, you know, over 20 times a day. And, uh, but even as I'm doing that, I'm realizing, man, there's no life here. So then I kind of got into, I would say it was like a shopping bug, you know, where it's like, you know, what I need is this thing off of Amazon <laughs> or what I need is, you know, the, the, the sale as a poor pastor. I got, you know, drawn into garage sales. You know, I want to get the best deal ever, <laughs> you know, so I can brag about my deal and get what I want and have. And it's like we go to things, we go to food, and we're trying to pull life out of those. We're trying to pull eternity out of a refrigerator, and a frigidaire just doesn't have that to give. But it's like, it's got to be in there somewhere, you know. Maybe it's the Culver's short shake that will do it, you know. And, and so we're, we're trying to, you know, Augustine said there's this God-shaped vacuum 
in each of us that only the love of Christ can fill. But even as Christians, sometimes we'll kind of go back to the old things. So I found out, hey, no life in the refrigerator, no life in the garage sales. And, and then, then I tried I, one last thing. Uh, my wife, and I'm like, you know, and, and uh, you want to be loving, you want to be dependent upon each other in relationship, but you can't go with all of your God needs to your spouse and try and pull eternity out of your spouse. And usually my wife loves spending time with me and hanging around. And stuff, but even she was getting sick of me. It's like, where did this codependent, you know? <laughs> and, and so that is, you know, those are, uh, in Old Testament language, those are idols that will raise above the Lord. And the Lord plainly says, I'll have no other gods before me. And I could just feel my inner soul, my heart, getting drier and drier and drier. Now, there are the means of grace that we talk about in church. And I saw you guys had a, a worksheet back there on spiritual disciplines and practices. And I love talking about those things. The Word of God, prayer, baptism, communion, which we celebrated today, fellowship with other believers, suffering, conscious obedience to divine life, constantly depending upon the Holy Spirit. I love it all, but sometimes I just need to keep it totally simple. And that is, turn away, Tom, from the refrigerator, from the garage sale, from trying to draw eternity out of your wife. Repent and believe. Like Edie was saying in her devotional, believe in God's love over you. Even if you're not seeing it in the circumstances, believe in his desire to abide within you. Believe that he wants to multiply grace and peace over you even this morning. Only believe. Now I want to share a word about pruning uh, we're kind of in the Lenten season right now. And I asked a master gardener in our church, what are the main reasons for pruning? And here's what she shared with me. There's three main reasons. The first one is to remove dead or diseased parts. The second one, so it's a health reason. The second one is production, that I can actually increase flower or fruit production if I am pruning. And the final part is beauty, to shape the, the plant, the bush, the fruit tree for a pleasing structure where it's, it's beautiful to our eyes. Now, um, she shared an experience with me. She and her husband had bought a new home with this little apple, uh, a set of apple trees in it. And the husband comes home, and he was shocked to see his wife standing on her toes, trimming the apple tree bushes, 
in the early spring. And he looked on the ground and there were countless branches spread all over the backyard. And he screams out to his wife, what are you doing? The trees are going to die from all of this. And her response with great passion was, I know exactly what I'm doing. These trees will explode with amazing white and pink blossoms in the next few weeks. Trust me. And give them a few more months and they're going to explode with fantastic, delicious apples. And that fall they had an amazing harvest of apples. But he learned to implicitly trust her in the gardening, in the pruning that she was doing. And what we need to do is implicitly trust the Lord in the pruning that's taken place in our lives. So you're praying your brains out for one of the kids, but you get the phone call that is giving Bad news, they've been arrested, they're in jail. And our default is to think that, you know, poor me, uh, but in reality, the Lord can be doing pruning in those situations that's actually going to be the big answer to the prayer. My sister-in-law, uh, I was asking her once, her son got arrested for... I think it was something with drugs. And uh asked her, well, what are you going to do? And she said, absolutely nothing. Are you going to post bail? No. <laughs> she saw it as a pruning opportunity. And his time in jail was absolutely life-changing for him to evaluate the direction of his life, where he was going, and making some big decisions. So... Just to review, so here's, let's say this is the vine, and I'm one of these branches. Now, if I'm separated from Jesus, from the vine, it's like I'm not going to accomplish anything. But if I stay connected to him, drawing all my life, whatever I need, you name it, all things pertaining to life and godliness. Well, I'm not that smart, Tom. I'm not this or that. So don't, it doesn't matter if you got Jesus. If you have Jesus, you know, you have all things that pertain to life and godliness. So this happens so often in Christian work where I, I'll talk to pastors and they'll say, well, I'm going to write this sermon. I'm going to organize this. I'm going to do that. And they have their list of to-dos, but it might not be the list that God has given them. Or they're not drawing the energy uh, from the vine. So what does it look like? Well, I'm interacting with one of the kids. I've read this book. I went through this seminar. I know what to say. In actuality, I find this is much more helpful. Lord, I don't know what to say. You give me wisdom. You show me. You shine your light. And as I wait on the Lord, 
it comes out of that. If I want to make things happen in the church, it's important to have a plan. Gifts of administration, um, all those things are key. But I was uh, in our sanctuary worshiping the other day, and I was a little bit frustrated because we needed, uh, we've been feeding the homeless all through COVID, Monday through Saturday at our church. We have a morning breakfast. But because of all the regulations, we haven't been able to preach the word or do anything. And I talked to someone, and uh, they were like a top alpha presenter in the Chicago area. And I asked them to pray about whether they would do an alpha with our homeless. And so they said, okay, I'll pray about it. So I'm in our sanctuary, and I'm realizing, you know what I need to do as a pastor more and more? is just connect with the vine. You know what I need to do as a father? Connect with the vine. You know what I need to do as a husband? Connect with the vine. Because as I'm connected with the vine, now the unlimited resources of Christ are are flowing to me and through me. So I was like just worshiping God. You know, the... We, you can worship God when you're by yourself, and what a delight it is. So I'm just worshiping God. All of a sudden, my phone rings, and I kind of looked down at it. And it's this top alpha presenter saying, yes, I'll teach the homeless alpha every Thursday. And when the picture I had was, hey, we put our hands up in worship, and boom, the fruit comes out of our experience in worship. And as a pastor, you sometimes ride the roller, well, as fathers, mothers, kids, we ride this roller coaster of life, you know. Oh, circumstances are good now. Oh, circumstances are bad. Forget that stuff. Abide in the vine. And the circumstances become the servant of your abiding. And everything has to work together for good for those who what? Love God, abide in the vine, and are called according to his purpose. I had a, when I had graduated from college, I got hired by this small Christian company. And the the boss introduced me to accounts. We visited the factory. We did all the stuff you needed to fulfill the role as the manufacturer's rep that I had. But after all that training, he showed me this photo, this picture that was in his office. I'd show it to you, but we, we, it's a trademark or whatever. But the name of the photo is The Divine Counselor by Harry Anderson. And it's a picture of a businessman seated in his office and across from him is Jesus. And he's drawing all the wisdom, all the grace, all the strength that he needs to run his business from the Lord. And I realized that's what this Christian businessman was telling me. He's saying, hey, Tom, I've given you all the training, all the natural stuff. But what I really want you to do is be filled with the Spirit. What I really want you to do is have the discernment of God and the wisdom of God and the faith of God as you're doing your work. And the first year that I worked for him, his wife got like severely ill with the pregnancy, dehydrated in and out of the hospital. And 
he wasn't even in the office two-thirds of the time. He's home taking care of his wife. And I thought to myself, uh, and then at the end of the year, we had like the biggest sales year we had ever had. And I'm scratching my head and I realized, man, the economy of God is really different. Now, you could have, if you were looking in the short term, you could have said, well, how could a loving God let the, his wife go through all of that? But what you don't realize is their marriage, because they were both abiding in the vine, came through that trial like gold. They loved each other with a depth and with a deference. And I as I learned a big lesson. Whoa, I need to abide in the vine like this. And one day the Lord spoke to me and he said, Tom, I want to give you this account. And I said, wow, that would be great. It was like a huge national account. And he says, but I want you to get it by seeking me during your lunch hour a couple times a week. So I'd go to Randall Oaks Park off, off of Randall Road. And for my lunch hour, I would just walk and abide in the vine. I didn't even pray about the account. Most of it was just doing what we were doing this morning, just worshiping. And then the Lord would just drop little hints. Hey, give this person a call at that account. Reach out to this person. And before long, we had the, we had the account. I just want to encourage you today, saints, to a life of abiding. Now let me say this. There are, there are problems and challenges to our abiding. Satan doesn't like it. So he'll come at us with distractions, uh, attacks of the enemy, of the world, the flesh, the devil, dullness. He'll want us to get satisfied with a superficial Christianity, or he'll veer us into a legalistic Christianity or a performance Christianity. But Jesus is saying, hey, if someone will believe this promise, if someone will pray it into reality, obey it, trust it, and contend for it, if someone will worship me as the vine, and if they'll humble themselves as the branch, and they'll trust the Holy Spirit to bring the sap of God, the sap of the Spirit into their lives, of whom then shall they be afraid? They'll not only enjoy fellowship with God, but fruitfulness with God that will flow over into a lost and dying world. Now, I want to leave you with one uh, song, uh, particularly the chorus, that has been huge in helping me posture my soul for abiding. And the chorus of the song, if the worship team wants to slip up, the chorus of the song goes like this. Please keep my eyes fixed on you. Please root my heart so deep in you. Keep me asking. Keep me kneeling. Keep me abiding that I, oh, that I may bear fruit.
So let's just, we'll let this be our, uh, one of our ministry invitations. And uh, let's do business now, our heart with God's. And let the words of this song just be our prayer to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit, to the Father right now.